prospect news and analysis. This is Hockey Prospect Radio with Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. We are back and powered by Instat Hockey, offering the largest data and video library of players, teams, and leagues worldwide. We're now speaking with Pat Malloy in our player development segment. And as we continue on through our series, Pat, uh, this week we're going to discuss, and uh, right off the hop, is the four-way mobility. And talk a little bit about, you know, what that means in terms of, you know, from a player development standpoint, but also, you know, we may have some listeners who are not familiar with that term. So you may have to explain it a little bit more precisely and what that means when not only when you're evaluating the player, but more importantly, when you're developing that in a player. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, building on sort of our first couple of weeks, this is sort of the next evolution in terms of when we're developing a skater and, and when, a you know, you're evaluating a skater. One of the things I think we've all heard of is stride. You know, can they skate forwards? Do they have a good stride? Can they skate backwards? Really sort of next evolution concept specifically from the scouting perspective, but then building it into how can we develop it is a player's ability to have four-way mobility, meaning are they a threat skating forward? Can they back up at the pace of play? And do they have lateral mobility that allows them to, to move left, to move right at will? and create pockets of time and space for themselves. Speaking to just four-way mobility, I find that, you know, you're always going to see uh, Yakovrana type of highlight where he's exploding north-south and he's, and he's making a highlight reel. But a lot of just four-way mobility and the insignificance of it at the initial level is just the defenseman being able to see cut correctly in the neutral zone and squeeze off an opponent along the boards. Might not end up in a highlight reel, but it's just as important and significant to the development of a player's base when it comes to their skating. Would you, would you agree with that, Pat? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, straight line speed is is great, but if if you can't manipulate, um, you know, players in their movement with your movement, cut things off before, you know, they become an issue. So you, you talk about the neutral zone, for instance. If you're not creating angles and and cutting things off with with lateral movement, you know, and, and you're against a faster opponent. Um, you put yourself into races that you don't need to, then then there's an issue there. And so four-way mobility for me, you know, you might not always be the fastest player, but, you know, if you are one that's a well-rounded skater in terms of having access to that mobility, you can end races before they become races. You can cut plays off before they become impactful and dangerous. Uh, you know, that that's really going to be something that, you know, what we find is the best players aren't always the fastest players. They're the most mobile players, and they're the ones that can create time uh, and be fast at the right times. Um, will carry us a whole lot further than just straight speed. You're listening to Hockey Prospect Radio on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. I'm Shane Malloy with Brad Allen from HockeyProspect.com. We're powered by Instat Hockey, offering the largest data and video library of players, teams, leagues worldwide. We're talking about player development with Pat Malloy um, in continuing in our topic, topic about skating, uh, discussing um, edge manipulation, four-way four mobility. Uh, Pat, talk to us a little bit about that edge manipulation because, you know, you can see it in your mind, but try to like sort of break that down uh, when you're trying to teach a player, you know, why, why this matters because they always want to know why. Players like, why should I bother to do this? Um, explain like the, the breakdown of that, you know, mechanically, and then the value of, you know, th that situation in gameplay. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we touched on in our first couple of segments about building a foundation. You would never frame a house prior to, to you know, pouring the foundation. And so, you know, you, you see a little bit of it in terms of style, um, stylistically skating coaches. You know, there's, there's quite a bit of talk of edges and edge work at this point. I really believe it's something that comes after your foundational athletic movement. Uh, your posture, your power posture is established that allows you to create speed and quickness. But from an edging perspective, um, you know, understanding obviously inside outside edges and the importance of things like the outside edge. So being able to stably hold your mass on an outside edge um, to create that balance and those balance points and to create thrust and push in a new direction. So we touched on that last week where any push in a new direction uh, needs to be one that creates advantage. Otherwise, it creates disadvantage. And, you know, edging really becomes the traction of, of the motor. So if we've built the foundation and we understand that, you know, that, that flexion accesses our power to be able to move our mass from a quadricep and to create that thrust uh, in our stride, you know, really, if we were to look at edges, it becomes the tires on the road, you know, supporting the powerful engine that we have access to. So, having players recognize, you know, that the bulk of our time is spent on, on inside edges and then recognizing the better we glide on our flats because we're in a balanced posture allows us to glide more efficiency means we've got more energy to create thrust when we need to and and call upon it. And then from a carrying and holding your outside edge perspective, again, from an efficiency standpoint, from a balance and postural standpoint, you know, getting away from sort of an A-frame stance and being able to, to hold our outside edge and, and, and create a balance and a stability, um, you know, that's going to be a difference maker when it comes to, you know, the difference between someone just riding around on their inside edges waiting to get into a sprint sequence versus really recognizing and powering, you know, flex points in our ankles, uh, balance points on our flats, our inside and our outside edges, when we have command of those three, it really gives us the ability to create separation, to create balance, stability for things like incidental and deliberate contact that happen within the game. And and ultimately, you know, the more we can create an efficiency in the movements of players, um, you know, that provides them time to be able to do the things that, you know, that their, their hockey sense and that their talent level allows them to, to process. Yeah, you just mentioned incidental contact points um, and during edge manipulation work, uh, there's a prospect in this draft that's very likely to go in the top 10 named William Eklund. And for my money, he has some of the best edge work and edge manipulation in this entire class. And one of the ways that he he works in SHL, despite being about 5'9", 180, is due to his escapability of creating fake contact points, exaggerating his posture, and then moving over past the center line to the opposite direction and, and taking the exit route. Uh, can you speak to just the development of, of uh, training edges for players and how they need to, one, create deception, two, go off the center line, and three, then use the outside edge and fall by the inside edge to push off and get the exit route? Is that, is that a massive part now of this, of this skating uh, training and, and what you've been uh, developing in the last couple of years with your players? It's certainly it's certainly part of of what we do. I don't know that it would be you know the main thrust. I'm a little bit more of of the the mind that you know an athletic movement and a sport specific movement starts with our foundational, and this really becomes a chapter 
um, in, in, in the way they move. So recognizing that if we're in an A-frame, meaning, you know, we, we skate with our feet just outside or, or just extended outside our hip line, um, you know, is that going to allow us mobility or are we, are we handcuffing ourselves because we don't have command of our flat and ability to get to our outside edge to create, as you mentioned, movement across the center line of our body. So for sure, it's, it's recognizing for me that it starts with posture and then identifying that it's really comfortable to stay on an inside edge, but what it does is it handcuffs your ability to, to create uh, weight shift and movement across the midline of your body. And, you know, if you're not creating advantage, it's a disadvantage. And so for sure, it's something that we touch on consistently in terms of how we drill it or how we would develop it. It's it's really going back to gameplay and using the evidence-based approach that, you know, we talked about in the first couple of weeks. Have we made sure that all of the things athletically are in line? Is our strength-to-weight ratio, our, our hip mobility, and, and all the things from an athletic standpoint, are they in line? And then when we diagnose how they sort of use it within gameplay, it's showing them, you know, here's where we want you to be here's what we'd like to accomplish and here's where we are and and then start to sort of reverse engineer their movement to recognize there's parts of your game that we can open up as new pathways to performance but getting away from things like a frame or straight leg stance just outside the center of gravity and just outside your hip line that sort of cripples you and creates sort of a flat skating uh, pace to you because you're constantly having to you know engage um, your your quads and engage by sinking your hips and then getting into straight line stuff and you know not being able to control your flat and then ultimately use outside edging and escape movement um, is, is going to limit you and so that's how we would go to build it um, and implement it in the in the movement training that we would do with a player. That uh, fantastic stuff as always. I look forward to speaking to you next week as we continue through our series. Stay safe and look forward to speaking to you next week. Sounds good, guys. Thanks very much. We're going to take a quick break on Hockey Prospect Radio, but we'll be back right after these important messages. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential, but all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. 
contact us at fractalhockey.com.